Hola, do you want to hear more of The Men's Room? Subscribe to the best of The Men's Room podcast on radio.com. Now, the greatest story never told with Miles and Thrill. Hello, Jones, and welcome to episode two of The Greatest Story Never Told. Now, if you listen to episode one, I know the crowd goes wild. They absolutely love us here. Uh, If you listen to uh, episode one of The Greatest Story Never Told. Ah, there they are. Oh, they love us. Uh, The episode was entitled Cocaine and Kidnapping. Yes. And uh, we told the story of uh, back in my uh, college days, and uh, the intent was that we're going to talk about that for a little bit, and then we'd move on to Steve's kidnapping story. We don't have to. We really don't have to. We can. Uh, But we kind of ran out of time. And uh, so uh, this episode, simply titled Just Kidnapping, which is, in fact, a wonderful, fun subject for everyone. It's not, man. It's not, and it's not to me because I was involved, but... I've told the story before, so the long story short is I ended up kidnapping someone after me and a buddy of mine, a very close friend of mine, uh, who has since passed on. Uh, I'm throwing a party in high school. My parents are out of town for a week, and we got the cheapest-ass tequila you could buy because you don't have money, and when you're underage, like, what you can get is what you get. Yeah. Right? That's it. So, and I say this to kids now. Kids, listen. If the booze you buy is the color of urine and is in a plastic bottle, don't drink it. But at the time, that's, fair that's what we had. So my buddy Leon and I, I will get to the kidnapping in a moment. You need to understand Leon because it kind of figures into the story. All right. So Leon's a dude I met my uh, oh, what junior year of high school. Okay. So in Baltimore City at this time, this is mid-80s or something like this, brothers are not listening to heavy metal music. It is all hip hop all the time. I'm the one rock kid. I'm the weirdo. I walk in the homeroom and there is a new kid, a different kid uh, at the school. And it's this dude who, and I mean this honestly, he looks like Mr. Worf from uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. He looks like a Klingon. So Are you saying like the wrinkles in his forehead and then the, the, the V brows The go V down. brow, all right? But and, also like a defining forehead that comes over the eyes. A little so bit. it almost looks like an awning. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it does. And what's crazy about it is he already had that look, so he looked scary as soon as you see him. But when he smiled, he looked like Venom, right? I mean, it's like, oh my God, this guy looks like a serial killer. Anyway, I see him, and he's wearing a Mob Rules T-shirt, the cover of Mob Rules from Sabbath, right? And he's got headphones on, and he is banging his head. And I don't care if you think you're a headbanger. You are not. Leon was. And I'm looking at this guy, and this is how we meet, and I hear Metallica blasting through his headphones. So I said, hey, man. I kind of tap him. Leon being Leon, kind of tap him on the shoulder. What? That is, that's our response to everybody. I'm like, uh, are you listening to Metallica? Yeah! Puts his headphones back on, starts banging his head again. So now it's uncomfortable, right? But I got to tap him again, like, hey, man, the hell do you want? I said, you heard that. Uh, this is right after Cliff Burton died, Metallica. And I said, hey, man, you, you're listening to Metallica. I listened to Metallica. Did you hear the Cliff Burton die? Bull ass, right? I'm like, no, man, I swear to God he did. How did he die? If you don't know he died, when you explain the story to people, it's absolutely ridiculous. You say, ah, uh, the tour bus was, was in a, a wreck, and uh, he went through the side window. He was sleeping in his bunk at the time, fell out the side window, and then the bus fell on top of him. He's like, seriously, man, that's how he died? I said, no, that is not how he died. He died when they then got the crane to pull it off of him. And the bus fell back down. It fell back down on top of him. And right. So he thinks I'm messing with Go him. Greyhound. And I'm like, man, I'm honest to God. So this is how Leon operates. And I knew I liked this guy in this moment. BS. Now, there's no cell phones at this time. so if you're There's gonna no way to check Google to look at the story. No, there's none of that. But it, you got a quarter. And him asking me if I have a quarter repeats throughout a relationship for all the years we knew each other. He's going to go to a pay phone. This is homeroom. School's not started. He gets up, grabs his ass, and leaves. 
because he's going to go call and talk to some people to find out if it's true. I didn't see him the rest of the day, and I'm like, this this is crazy. Comes back the next day, hey, man, you're right about Cliff Burton. And now we hit it off. We're great friends. Also, I'm in a band at the time. Dude, you should swing by our practice. What's the address? We play music you like. It's heavy as bees, right? And, and nobody's doing anything like this at the time. Leon shows up at our band practice, and the beauty of this is, at this time, we're still living at home. So my drummer's, uh, the drummer, a guy named Paul, his mother is the sweetest lady, but super naive, just, hi, everybody, welcome. So I forgot that I'd invited Leon over. It's like a Saturday, middle of the day, practicing in the basement. His mother walks downstairs, and Leon's with her. Leon's like 6'5". He's built like I am. He's 6'5"? 6'5", wiry dude, but again, he looks... Like a Klingon. Now, Tony and Paul, the other two guys in the band, do not know him. And because I forgot I invited him, I have not brought him up. And Leon shows up with a 40 and a brown paper bag. All right. We're practicing. He sits down in the chair. This is high school. This is high school. Again, Leon shows up <laughs> with a 40. To somebody else's home who's got a family. Right. In high school. And Paul's mother lets him. And she's one of those people. This giant, scary looking black man knocked on the door, said he knew you. Right. So he takes a seat and he's watching us play. And he's banging his head. And so we finished the first song. And uh, Paul, who plays drums, it's his home. So Paul keeps giving me this look. And I, I'm trying to convey the look of, like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. So we finished the song. Leon, and he always said this, hey, name's Leon. I never heard your band before, man. That song you played, it's kind of song that makes you want to sh-. That is an exact quote. <laughs> makes you want to use the bathroom? Yeah, that is. But he means that in a pot. So now we are friends, but he, this is the guy I hang out with. There are stories of, let's just say, something went down to one of our friends, and the person responsible for doing something bad was also in our high school. Leon did not know this at the time, so it was a party that happened on a Friday night. These were a couple of hillbillies that wanted to fight him, right? And so he went outside. I was, I was going to go to this party. I didn't go. He was going to go. Outside. He went outside, basically invited him out, so let's do this. But they came out with bats and chains. So as he tells me the story, he's like, I'm not stupid. I got the hell out of there. I'm like... But did you hear what happened to Paul, who's the guy whose mom allowed him in the house maybe a year before oh, this? No. And uh, so Paul is always a pacifist. And Paul said, hey, man, like he went out to these other guys, the hillbillies, and said, come on, man. He's a good guy. We don't need it. And Leon, so they beat Paul's ass and broke his jaw. It was a Monday. I'm in school. This party happened on a Friday night. Leon has not heard. Again, this is pre-cell phone. So I said, look, Paul got his uh, jaw broken by those guys. And we know who the guys are. And uh, Leon's like, you serious, man? I'm like, I ain't. You got a quarter? I, I swear to you, I do. So I'm going to make a phone call. Leave school again. I don't see him the rest of the day. At the end of the school day, that there's probably 900 kids in the school, whatever typical high school is, right? Pretty average-sized high school. Everyone left through the front doors of the high school to get on the school buses that are waiting for them. I'm kind of dragging my ass. I'm in no hurry. But I realize the 900 kids, that, and this is before the kidnapping, I just need to paint a picture of Leon. The 900 kids that would normally be out front, getting on the bus, horsing around, they're all standing in the lobby of the school. I mean, it is packed. And I'm like, what the hell's going on, man? And I was pointing outside. Then where the school buses would be, at this time, Lexus had just broken out all this. There's really expensive vehicles, all of them black. And standing beside all these vehicles are a bunch of brothers, armed to the teeth, looking at the school. And then Leon standing kind of halfway between them and the front door of the school. So I'm like, I cannot believe this is happening. I have to be this guy. I'm going to go outside. I'm like, Leon, hey, there you are, man. Good. I'm glad you're out here because we're about to kill everybody in that school. So what? Jeez. 
He said, look, I won't say the guy's name who had beaten Paul, but right. he is in our school. And he said, if so-and-so is not going to come outside, we will kill. This is a true story. We will kill everyone here. And he's yelling this because one of them has to be him. It's a law of averages, right? And I'm like, dude, we can't do this. So it's a race thing. He went to his drug dealing buddies. This, and this is Baltimore. The word went out and they rolled up to the school. They were going to kill Everyone, this is not a joke. And I'm like, man, and this is before what we know to be school shooter. This wasn't a thing yet. This is about 11 years even before Columbine. And I realized it is me, it is Leon, a bunch of scary dudes I don't know, and the entire student body still in this school. I'm like, man, we cannot do this. We can't do this. So Leon just yells toward the school, says this guy's name, says, we're coming to your house this weekend. You're going to die. That was it. Snaps his fingers. All these brothers roll out. That weekend, I did join Leon to go look for this guy because I want to kill him, too. I'm not even kidding. They had moved out. There's a guy. Uh, I won't say his name. But, but it's, it rhymes with Harry. Uh, there's a guy <laughs> that later, yes. At the time we're in high school. Harry. You fast forward a few years. This Could guy be Larry. is now doing traffic reports, just radio in general. Could be Carrie. But this guy kind of meets as we go into this neighborhood to look for this guy. Because we're taking him out, man. Could That's, be Mary. And uh, dude's like, hey, I'm not kidding. Uh, like, you know, Larry Cooth. He says, uh, yeah, 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 you know who the guy is. Yeah, I do know. I, I, I do know Mary Ruth. Yes. <laughs> and he says, man, I'm not kidding you. Because we, we showed up brothers deep. That's the best way to put it. Uh, it's like he moved. We didn't believe him. Sure enough, we finally get to this guy's house. We look inside, and it's a rapid move. You know, there's still some stuff. That they moved because Leon, he made it clear, like, oh, no, I'm coming to kill you. He's like, just no, you can call the cops. Do what you want, man. We own half of them. I'm coming to kill you. You made a mistake. This is how Leon rolled, my best friend ever, all right? So, but he was. I mean, he was, I know it doesn't sound like it. He's awesome. So I'm just saying this so you understand, one, this kind of what our history was. But beyond that, this is just how Leon was. If you're going to mess with the dude, then you got a problem. And it's a problem doesn't go. He's like, it'd be like getting herpes. You got a problem with Leon? You got to have some outbreaks, bro. Because unless you, if you can't get rid of it, he's coming for you, all right? Okay. Fast forward, it is now the next year. All of that's behind us. My parents are going out of town for a week. The only thing my parents said, just don't throw a party while we're gone. You can have some friends over, but don't throw a party. These are two different things. In fact, my mother, before they left, pointed out, here's the pantry. I bought a bunch of groceries for you. Oh, cool. um, no. She also said, uh, this stuff over here is for Tony. Like your friend Tony? That mofo doesn't live here. And she, my and mother she loved, knows that he's going to be there. To this day, to this day, my mother loves Tony. He's so handsome. He's so kind. And he's smart. And he's like Eddie Haskell. So when my mom's talking to him, dude, he's just the sweet. He's the guy that would do Yes, that. Mrs. Hill. Absolutely, Mrs. Hill. But, and as soon as she would roll out, she buys that. I'm like, I know, man. It's a problem. <laughs> so my parents say, just don't throw a party. And I want to put this in perspective. My parents' house, and this is the house I threw the party in. They have since moved a thousand times. But this particular house was featured in Better Homes and Gardens. This is how my parents Yeah, but that's grow. how his mother puts together any house they live in. And, and, and how she picks you've them seen, out. You've seen right? Yeah. So, like, it's it, it's amazing. She, she does an incredible job. It, it really does look like a staged, lived-in, beautiful home, and they live there. Right. And that's what they do. And yeah. I... In retrospect, I truly appreciate that. But at the time, that's how I live. So don't throw a party. Of course, my first thing is, we're throwing a party. They go out of town. I announce the party date. And the party ended up being like maybe 30 people. I don't remember a ton about it. I do remember there was this big, big white dude there who's like 20 years older than us. 
And I can't call him my buddy, Chuck. Chuck always figured into my life. Never quite my friend, never quite my enemy, but Chuck was always around. And he was a buddy of Chuck's, and I think the guy's name was Paul. And he seemed nice, and he's like, well, Paul just got out of the Fed for something heinous. I'm like, Jesus Christ, the dude's in my house, man. Whatever. Now, the only rules I had are like, listen, my parents do not want me to do this. So the main rule, aside from don't break anything, don't steal anything, do not sleep or have sex in my parents' bedroom. This is everything else I can deal with. Please don't do that. So the party goes on. It's raging. Leon shows up with these plastic, uh, plastic-ass bottles of this cheap urine-looking tequila. We are young. We do not care. We each take a bottle, and we just proceed to get blasted. People are having a great time. We had a pellet gun. We were shooting the uh, empty glass beer bottles in the backyard, man. I mean, it's just that kind of thing. I remember a point. Keep in mind, my whole night's kind of spotty. I remember one point seeing Leon with his venom-like smile and his testicles on top of this chick's head, forehead, forehead. <laughs> and she knew it. And he just waves and smiles like everything's funny to him. So, all right, man, whatever. some point, we pass out. No big deal. So I wake up the next morning, and I feel awful. And I will say it's about 1030. It already amazed me that I woke up before p.m., right? It's like I feel like absolute ass. The good news is cool. I'm in my own bed uncool and fully clothed. I did not get lucky in spite of hosting it. Whatever. There's still seven or eight people sleeping somewhere in the house. And I hear something in my closet, man. And I open up my closet, and here's a dude who was not invited to the party, who I do not know, who I do not recognize. There is no recollection. And he is hogtied in my closet with a gag in his mouth. Uh, is, like I said, he's hogtied, and there's slices of individual pepperoni between each of his toes. <laughs> and he's in my closet. And I it's just weird because I, I don't understand what's happening here. Did he seem panicked? He seemed very panicked when I opened the door. Kind of like, mm-hmm. so I don't know what to do. And I just looked at him. And I, I always remember I held up my index finger in my right hand and just said, hang on a second. Close the door. <laughs> Whatever is happening here, because I have no idea why this person's here. I know who has to know how this happened. And it has to be Leon, who I've explained to you in advance so that this makes sense. Also, I knew if I have to find Leon, based on the fact that I said the one place you can't sleep is my parents' bedroom, check your parents' bedroom first. And guess what? There he is. I mean, just sleeping in a sound. My parents had quite a nice room. And he is fully, you know, splayed. You've never slept in your parents' room. No, I've never slept in my parents' room. He did. And quick aside, he pointed out it is very comfortable. (laughs) He really did. So I walk in there. He thought I was going to be mad about the fact that he's in my parents' room. And I said, man, I think we have a thing. Like, what are you talking about? I said, come here, man. Come here. You need to see this. So I go into my room. It's one of those things. I take a deep breath. I open my closet. And here's this dude. And when the dude sees Leon, his response is much more panicked than it was when he saw me. Because now, like, ah, ah, but he can't speak because there's all this crap in his mouth. And I'm not going to untie him yet because I don't understand the situation. Leon looks at him. He's like, Oh, yeah, I remember him right, and starts laughing. I'm like, I, I don't. What happened? Leon explained to me that apparently uh, after consuming all of this booze, the one car that my parents left was a 1980 whatever red Dodge Omni back when those were all the rage. We hopped into that, decided to drive downtown, which is about nine miles away. And again, this is according to Leon. I have no recollection. So I'm just repeating what I have been told. We spotted this guy doing whatever he's doing on the corner. We thought it'd be funny to kidnap someone. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's not funny. 
Wow. We, we thought it'd be funny to kidnap someone, and so we did. <laughs> and you were in the car with him? Uh, according to Leon, I was in the car with him. I, I don't know. I don't remember. But Leon was not a liar, if nothing else. So it's like, oh, but you don't remember. Went down time, blah, 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 blah. We found this guy anyway. We thought it'd be funny to kidnap him. I'm like, so we kidnapped him? He's like, he's in your closet. I'm like, oh, my God. So we looked down at this guy, and I'm like, well, what do we do now? Leon says this statement. I truly believe he was joking, but knowing what I know of him, it's not a guarantee. Looks at the guy and goes, well, I guess I'm going to kill his ass now. <laughs> right? So, no, dude, it's not funny, man. Jesus. So this dude is clearly panicking. Freaking the hell. So once again, I try to calm him down, hold up my right index finger once again and say, just hang on, man. The second time I was close the door, I'm like, dude, we, we cannot kill a man. He's like, oh, man, I'm just effing with him. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. I said, but what do we do? I'm not trying to go to jail for kidnapping. I do not remember what happened. What the hell is there pepperoni between his toes? According to Leon, we just thought it'd be funny. It was. Uh, but that's it. So, Guy and, probably thought like pit bulls are going to come in and eat his feet or something. I, you know, I, like, but that's the thing. These black guys are going to kill us. I know. I don't know, man. And he looked like your average 80s rocker. Like Spike hair, but kind of long and all this stuff. Probably said Hammer Jacks and Jonah Sure, he was a nice guy. Uh so we kind of go back and forth on what to do, and I'm like, man, I got to let him go. I mean, either I have to adopt him, kill him, or we leave, right? So open the door, and I'm trying to be cool because Leon is mean mugging this dude the whole time, which Leon explained to me later. He goes, look, man, it's all about just scaring the living bejesus out of this guy because <laughs> I knew you are going to let him go because you're a decent dude, right? I'm like, well, I'm not that decent because I kidnapped someone, but I'm more decent than you, which is not really a statement. So Leon's like, yeah, I'm going to meme mug because I knew he was scared of me. I'm like, well, one, you look scary, and two, you did snatch his ass off the you, you street. You kidnapped him. He has every reason found to be scared. him and put him in a closet with pepperoni between his toes. So I had to do this thing where I said, look, man, I, I don't know you, and honestly, God, I'm pissed drunk last night. By the way, you're a buzzkill because all my drunk I have when I woke up is now gone. Uh, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor, and you don't owe me anything. You truly do not, and I get that. I just want you out of my house. I don't understand how this happened. I'm going to apologize on behalf of both of us, but I'm going to let you go. Is that cool? And the problem is anyone's going to say anything's cool and be exceptionally cooperative in this moment. Sure. I'm like, I just don't want the cops. So I untie this guy, and he says nothing. Even when we take the gag out of his mouth, he's not saying anything, right? So I'm like, I'm just trusting you, man, not to call the cops. And, and like, I get it. You know, I understand if you do. Please don't. Leon has in because I'll effing kill your ass, right? I mean – but this works. So anyway, we let the guy go. And this is part of where I feel bad. I'll fast forward a little bit. We let the guy go. I lived on a dead end street. And I remember looking out the window and this dude's just running down the street. Dead end. So he comes back. No, 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 no. He did go. <laughs> You're in a nightmare, son. No, he, uh, he went the right way and he disappears. And obviously for like the next two weeks, every time I heard a car, especially on a dead end street. Not to recognize the car, I'm going to jail, whatever. So we let the guy go. One of the things I feel baddest about is we let him go, and as I'm trying to clean up the house before my parents get back, because we did not even tell the other people that are waking up in my house. Sure. We're like, man, we we got to keep this under wraps. By the way, we said we had agreed to keep it under wraps because that's the statute of limitations. Told the story about eight years later and found out there is no statute of limitations. So it's already out there in either. Yeah. I can be arrested any time for this. Yeah. I don't like that, but there it is. So we let the guy go, and uh, as I'm cleaning up, there's a point where I'm like, whose shoes are these, man? Like, everyone else has left. It's his. And I, it's not funny, Mike. And I felt terrible because I had to throw them away. 
Yeah, of course. They, because you don't want any evidence because your parents come. No, it's like a size 10 and a half on the 13, right? But I thought all of this, his feet smell like pepperoni. <laughs> he ran down the street. But, so throw the shoes away. So now the next day, my parents show up. My parents get home, and I pointed out their home is in, our house was in Better Homes and Garden, all right? And I pointed out how anal they are about their home. That's how it gets there. The giveaway, the giveaway that I'd had a party, they walked into the house. I'm playing like I'm tired. Hey, how was the trip? You know, whatever it was. My mother looks above the fireplace, and these are, it was a round candle and a round candle holder. And she says, why is my candle turned around? And I'm like, you have got, you know oh, she mean? knows. Dude, as a parent, I now get it. But at the time, I'm like, you, I've tried to cover everything. Now they were, really, you, were you always worried about somebody coming and knocking on the door like a cop? And well, just, here's the thing. So now they realize I've had a party, and they're now looking for all the evidence. And once you know to look, they found it. One of the more awkward moments, my father turned on the lamp absently to look for other things. And when he turned on the lamp, there's this weird silhouette on the inside of the lampshade. <laughs> so he takes the lampshade off. He didn't know what it was instantly. I had to explain because he goes, what the hell is this? He didn't say hell, by the way. What the hell is this? Uh, that's Lord. <laughs> Why is there Lord? So... But no, and, and this is the most trouble. Because we're a black family. Dad. And by the way, because I was cooking, <laughs> we put I everywhere. was making beans. Uh, but the thing is, this is the most trouble I've ever, ever, ever gotten in with my parents. It was bad. Like, it's pretty severe. But they never found out about the kidnapping. So even though they didn't know it, and like I said, it was a bad time for me. But the relief I had that they did not know that I committed a felony, man. But yeah, for about two weeks. I worried very much that the cops are going to show up, and the guy either he called the cops, they didn't believe him. He called the cops, they did not care, or it's he Baltimore. just did not call the cops. Yeah. But man, after about two weeks, I finally, I finally realized what? Do they know about the kidding, kidnapping? No, no, now? no, 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 no. Listen, there are a lot of stories that as you get older, you tell your parents about. Ha ha! Remember that time someone broke a window? Was he's waiting to tell his grandkids? <laughs> I kidnapped someone, dude. This yeah. and listen, anyone who's listening to this, if you have in fact kidnapped someone, and no one knows. Don't tell your parents. No. I feel this is. I feel bad. I've told them almost everything mm-hmm. else from childhood. You're not going to know that I, there was a kidnapped person in your perfect house. That's the real issue. There are some not good people on this radio program we have, Mike. Man, I you was know, young and I was. Yeah, okay, but here's so, the thing. But here's the just real quick. So I swore off tequila. I swore it off. I swore it off. I swore it off. Who is the first sponsor we got for shot of the day uh, on this show? Aha yeah. Toro tequila. And they were going to come in and do a big presentation. And I had to go up to our boss, and I said, hey, man, mm, I kind of swore off tequila. I mean, for many, many, many years. Like, one of the few true alcohol deals I've made. I said, ah, I swore it off. And he's like, oh, look, man, it's a brand new thing. It's, this is good tequila. He's like, why? I don't want to tell you. He's like, well, what happened? There's nothing weirder than telling your boss, who's already hired you, by the way. Like, yeah. listen, man, when I drink tequila, apparently I have the proclivity to kidnap people, and I'm scared I'm going to do it again. All right, guys, there's uh, episode two of The Greatest Story Never Told. Uh, I real suck. quick, I, I think before we leave, you, you should uh, you, you should let people know uh, whatever happened to Leon. I think that's a uh, story. So, who, the best I, way you can. Listen, in spite of everything I've said about him, this wharf-looking, if I smile, look like Venom-looking villain who's a kidnapper, nicest guy I've ever known, <laughs> believe it or not, he joined the Marines and died in combat. And to this day, if you see me wearing earrings, and you'll always see me wearing earrings, uh, that is an honor. That's my one. And if I kidnap you, it's an honor of him too. There you go. You've been listening to The Greatest Story Never Told with Miles and Thrill on Radio.com.
Oh, man! A Double Flush production.